Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about mainly just three things. It's going to be the article I found about John D. Rockefeller, the documentary I saw on Netflix called What the Health, and this thing called Red Die 40. But first I want to talk about this article I happened to find right before I started recording, so I just want to share it with you guys. It says, on December 21st, 2020, a three-judge Peruvian court declared that the coronavirus pandemic was started by billionaires Bill Gates, George Soros, and Rockefeller, ironically known as the Good Club, who want to save the world. <clears throat> Lie. Anyways, the resolution maintains that the criminal process was stopped because of the COVID-19 so that it had an unpredictable nature, except for its creators, who handled it and continued to direct it with extreme secrecy within their environment and world corporations with projections to the 2030 project. So that's all I'm going to read from this article just because I haven't like gone through it myself, but interesting, interesting. That's all I got to say about that. All right, so let's get into this article about John D. Rockefeller. Remember in the last episode, I talked about how he is part of the 13 families. So he is considered the wealthiest American of all time and the richest person in modern history. He was born July 8th, 1839, and he died on May 23rd, 1937. So this article, I'm just going to read it. It's the best summary of him and what he started for this situation I want to talk about. So here is what this article says. It says, um... As someone who has been practicing medicine for over 10 years, I try to keep an open mind and appreciate both the good and the bad that coexist in the Western system. In order to understand our current medical system, it is helpful to take a look back at the history of the medicine in America. The business story of Western medicine in the modern sense starts with John D. Rockefeller. Okay, so Rockefeller is probably most famous for securing a monopoly in America's oil market, but many people haven't heard the rest of the story. By the turn of the 20th century, Rockefeller controlled 90% of all petroleum refineries in America through ownership of the Standard Oil Corporation, which was later split into Mobil, Chevron, Exxon, etc. Concurrently, around 1900, the science world was getting excited about new petrochemicals, and the ability to create a variety of new compounds from oil. Some of the first products derived from petrochemicals were plastics, but organic chemists knew that oil had the potential to create far more than plastic bags. During this same era, the early 1900s, scientists were doing groundbreaking work to understand the basic mechanics of life and human health. It was during this time that most of the essential vitamins were discovered including B1, B2, biotin, vitamin C, vitamin A, vitamin D, etc. By identifying these vitamins, science took a huge step forward and enabled simple vitamin remedies to cure conditions that were caused by vitamin deficiencies. And of course, scientists were also involved in research to recreate synthetic versions of these vitamins in a laboratory. In 1935, Vitamin C became the first vitamin to be artificially synthesized in Switzerland. Rockefeller was smart enough to see this as a big opportunity with the possibility that vitamins and medications could be developed from petroleum. 
He saw the chance to control and monopolize multiple industries at once, petroleum, chemical, and medical. And of, and of course, petrochemicals were ideal from a, from a business perspective because they could be patented, owned, and sold for high profits. But there is a big problem with Rockefeller's plan. Natural and herbal medicines were very popular in America during the early 1900s. Almost one half of the medical colleges and doctors in America were practicing holistic medicine using extensive knowledge from Europe and Native American traditions. Hey, my people! (laughs) Rockefeller knew that to get control of the medical industry, he would have to destroy the competition. So to start, Rockefeller used his vast oil money to purchase part of the German pharmaceutical company IG Farben. And you could look up this company's involvement in World War II. But now that he controlled a drug manufacturing company, he could move forward with his plan to get rid of the competition. So in the early 1900s, there were a variety of doctors and healing modalities in America. Some of the medical specialties included chiropractor, naturopathy, homeopathy, holistic medicine, and herbal medicine. To eliminate the competition, Rockefeller hired a contractor named Abraham Flexner to submit a report to Congress in 1910. This report concluded that there were too many doctors and medical schools in America and that all the natural healing modalities were that had been used and existed for hundreds of years were unscientific quackery. The report called for the standardization of medical education whereby only the AMA, which is another monopoly, would be allowed to grant medical schools license in the United States. Certainly, Flexner's report did have some valid points, but unfortunately, the motives for the report were entirely driven by Rockefeller's desire for complete control of the medical system. Based on the report, Congress acted upon Flexner's recommendation and changed laws related to the medical practice. Incredibly, all these medicines became the standard modality, even though at the time its main treatment methods were bloodletting, surgery, and the injection of toxic metals to supposedly displace disease. With these legal changes in place, Rockefeller teamed up with Andrew Carney and started funding medical schools all over America on the strict condition that they only taught allopathic medicine. Through the power of their huge grants, these This powerful team systematically dismantled the previous curriculum of medical schools, removing any mention of healing power of herbs or natural treatments. Teachings on diet and other natural non-drug treatments were also completely removed from medical programs. After removing traditional medicine from schools, Rockefeller made sure to secure his monopoly by launching a targeted smear campaign against his competitors. Homeopathy and natural medicines were discredited and demonized through the newspapers and other media at the time. Some doctors even were jailed for using natural medicine treatments, including treatments that had been used safely and effectively for decades before. In a very short time, medical colleges were all homogenized. Did I say that right? I don't know. All the students were taught the same allopathic system and medicine was now defined as a process of prescribing patent drugs. A pill for an ill became the mindset of American medicine. So she says that one shocking fact that I found while researching this post was that Rockefeller didn't stop at U.S. borders. He actually went into China to spread Western history 
Upon hearing this, I actually got chills down my spine. Rockefeller wasn't content with just wiping out traditional medicine in America. He saw a bigger market on the other side of the world and wanted to remove traditional Chinese medicine from China. Luckily, his venture in China mostly failed, and the practice of traditional Chinese medicine was preserved for centuries to come. To quickly summarize what happened in China, the China Medical Board, CMB, was created in 1914 by the Rockefeller Foundation and provided with a $12 million grant. The Rockefeller Foundation's goal was to modernize medical education and to improve practice of medicine in China. They started by building a hospital in Beijing, which opened in 1919, but were unable to expand to other locations as planned due to mounting expenses. In short, the diligent work of Rockefeller and the Carnegie was the Carnegie and Carnegie was a smashing success. They crushed the underfunded grassroots competition and created our current medical system. This system continues today wherein Big Pharma makes large donations to medical schools in exchange for teaching the medical students to use their patented drugs. As part of the system, many alternative treatments are criminalized. For example, by law, it is illegal to treat cancer with any modality except chemotherapy, surgery, or radiation. It is actually a chemical, chemical, criminal felony for a medical practitioner to treat cancer with anything but these three modalities, which, why is this the case? We'll follow the money. The average cost of cancer treatment is $150,000. So clearly Rockefeller and his prescendents were keen to keep the monopoly on this one. And of course, the American society was founded by none other than John D. Rockefeller in 1913. So it says, hopefully this post will shed a bit of light on the history of our current medical system. And the very least we could do will be less surprised when patients are treated like customers and when medications cost thousands of dollars per month. We should also not be surprised we are faced with the fact that the cost of medical care in America rated number one, yet the quality of our medicine care is rated at number 37, just below Costa Rica. Unfortunately, these are the natural effects that occur when our medicine system is run like a big mega corporation instead of a service to the people. So she writes, on a final note, you may notice that there are no grainy black and white photos of John D. Rockefeller in this post. Perhaps you could guess why. All images of Rockefeller are all owned and their use must be paid for. The monopoly stands. And then she shows a picture of what Rockefeller built, which is Rockefeller Center in New York City, which, wow, I've been there and I didn't even know who built that and why I was there. But I remember being there and be like, wow, this is so cool. But now I'm just like, what the heck? This is not so cool. Anyway, so that was the article on that, which it's so it's very weird to me that so at the end you know how he said that the american cancer society was made by that john d rockefeller which leads into my next topic which is what the health a documentary i watched on netflix okay so let's talk about what the health now so i googled it and it says a filmmaker kip anderson uncovers a secret to preventing and even reversing chronic diseases and he investigates why the nation's leading health organizations 
don't want people to know about it. It was made on, well, it was released on March 7, 2017. So I'm not going to talk about like what he's, I think he's promoting veganism. I'm not about that just because I love me a piece of steak on date night. But I'm going to be talking about how what we eat and what we put in our body like really affects us. And I'm going to use the two ladies that were in the documentary as an example, myself and my grandma. So starting off with my grandma, she had diabetes. Um, my dad actually had her get rid of the diabetes because of what she was eating. Like she literally got rid of her medicine. She was completely medicine free because of how good she was eating. Now, me for an example, I have Hashimoto's disease and I continue to eat crap. So I continue to feel like crap and I know it's my fault and I get all the negative effects from it. Like I have rashes and bumps on my body. Um, I get tired and feel like crap after I eat crap. Um, my eyebrows are disappearing. My hands are hurting. Um, yeah, it's just, I need to stop being stubborn. So one of the ladies that actually were in this documentary in the beginning, she was overweight and just, she said that she was tired all the time, even after she took a nap and like taking all these medications. And one of the medications that I noticed that she took oxycodone for pain. I took that after I had ACL surgery. What the heck? Like I had two screws drilled into my leg, my hamstring, part of my hamstring taken out as my new ACL, and I had that for pain. And this lady takes that every day for her normal pain, which I was like, what? That is so weird. And then another lady, she started off in her walker, like not being able to like walk on her own or anything. And then she changed her diet and everything. And at the end, she was looking like a whole new lady. She could walk normal. It was it was incredible. And it's really because of what we're putting in our body. And it's crazy. Okay, so this first statistic says that experts concluded that each 50 gram portion of processed meat eaten daily increases the risk of colorectal cancer by 18%. And processed meats are cold cuts, pepperoni, salami, ham, deli slices, hot dogs, bacon, sausage, etc. Then he goes on to tell us that the World Health Organization sees processed meat in the same category as tobacco smoking, which is a group one carcinogen. And then it went on to show a mom serving kids her kids food, but instead of food, she puts cigarettes on the plate because that's like what we're serving our kids. It's crazy. On the American Cancer Society website, it says to eat canned meats and processed turkey, which let me remind you, remember who we just found out founded the American Cancer Society? Um, John D. Rockefeller did. So that's a little suspicious right there. And then he also talked about Susan B. Coleman, how on their website they recommended women to eat certain foods, which there has been studies that these certain foods lead to breast cancer. So that's a little fishy right there. Then the American Diabetes Association had recipes for healthy living. And for example, one of them was bacon-wrapped shrimp. And bacon is really bad for us, so they're really just trying to kill us. The lady... Okay, so there's one lady that took oxycodone every day for her pain. And I was so shocked when I noticed that she was taking that because I was like, What? I took that after I got ACL surgery. Like, they drilled 
two screws into my leg and took my take part of my hamstring and made it my new ACL and they gave me that to deal with the pain after surgery and yet they give her this every day to deal with her pain crazy all right so red dye 40 is a synthetic color additive or food dye made from petroleum it makes foods look more attractive quote unquote foods and yes i just said petroleum and who did we just learn that is involved in the petroleum industry um john d rockefeller yes this is all connected so this red dye 40 has actually been banned in Australia and most countries in Europe, but the FDA still allows it here in America. Sadly, Lucky Charms, Gatorade, Fruit Roll-Ups, and Doritos all have this red dye 40 in them, and I'm so sad that I cannot eat it anymore, but I'm not trying to let them kill me, so I'm going to be paying attention to the labels more and what I put into my body. So with that being said, thank you for listening to this episode and I hope to see you in my next one. Bye!